Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on one of the few summer weekends left in the great state of Texas. I know my kids are starting school soon. Uh, it seems like the day after July 4th, they had school supplies out on the the shelves. But nonetheless, uh, how things go in our lives. But hey, look, I mean, it's still summer. Let's, you know, it's 100 degrees outside in central Texas. And wherever you're listening from, you know, it might be warm this time of year. But that the heat does not stop us from doing the work that we do at Texas Values. You know, we work on the issues of faith, family and freedom. And we're involved in those issues in the, in the court, the legislature and the media. Our work is focused on the state of Texas, but we also talk about issues that are happening outside of the state that impact the state of Texas. So we're excited that our guest today is Kelly Shackelford. He is someone who's been a regular on our show, the Texas Values Report. Many of you know that Kelly is also a board member of Texas Values. He is a Baylor undergrad graduate, Baylor law graduate. This uh, station that we broadcast from covers Baylor Athletics, so probably a little bit of a Baylor following there. But Kelly Shackford's one of the most widely known and accomplished First Amendment religious liberty lawyers in the country. His organization that he leads, First Liberty Institute, is based here in the state of Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And Kelly recently received an award as Jurist of the Year from the Texas Review of Law and Politics. I could go, I could spend half the show talking about all the awards. Kelly is one of the most recognized name when it comes to religious liberty. So we're going to talk about two issues today that relate to that. First is the issue of the the newest justice that's been nominated to the U.S. Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh. Kelly, you are on a committee that um, the, the U.S. Supreme Court Historical Society, you have argued before the U.S. Supreme Court. This is an area you know very well. I know you've been on a number of national shows. Tell us a little bit about what you think about Brett Kavanaugh. Well, I, I think Brett Kavanaugh's uh, just impeccable credentials. Uh, in fact, so much so that just this week, a, a well-known liberal sort of scholar and, and lawyer uh, came out and said, there's just no way we've got to support Kavanaugh. He's just, he would be an excellent justice. So it, it's so strong that uh, even leading liberal intellects admit that uh, – his credentials are impeccable, and uh, he's written over three. He's been a part of over three hundred opinions on the D.C. Circuit, uh, so he's got all the all of that. But I know you know part of your listeners is yeah, but is he is he going to you know be a, a judge who really you know adheres to the Constitution? And there's where he's just shown it over and over. He he doesn't believe in legislating from the bench. He doesn't believe that a judge's job is to be a politician. He's very restrained. He's very humble as a judge. His job is to is to simply make sure that the law is followed, and uh, and what I like about him is he's got a heart for the Constitution. This is a guy that uh, 18 years ago, as a young attorney, donated his time on a case with me on religious freedom, and that's not something you do as a young attorney when you're trying to build your career unless you really do care about religious freedom and the Constitution. So I couldn't feel better about uh, a guy, and I think he's going to really. I do think he's going to get through beyond the court uh, by the beginning of October when the term starts, and we're going to have a great justice uh, on the Supreme Court. Well, just a little bit about Brett Kavanaugh's background. He's a Yale College graduate, a Yale Law School graduate, was a law clerk on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit, and 
he followed that. It says, I'm reading a description here, a one-year fellowship in the U.S. Office of U.S. Solicitor General under Ken Starr with a clerkship for Justice Anthony Kennedy. As a matter of fact, I'm reading your piece. Kelly Shockford has a piece on foxnews.com, an opinion piece titled, We Can Trust Trump's Support Supreme Court Pick Brett Kavanaugh to Defend Religious Liberty our most sacred, right? You can go to foxnews.com and see that opinion piece. That was from July 9th, written by Kelly Shackelford on this issue. You know, Kelly, you've been on the Texas Values Report on our radio show numerous times. We're grateful for that. We're thankful for the work that you do at First Liberty Institute. And, you know, look, there. I mean, the, the nomination came out several weeks ago, and so there's been a little bit of time for people to give their opinion and talk about some of those things. So it's great to hear your view from someone who has argued at the U.S. Supreme Court, who litigates cases, your team litigates cases that oftentimes are up at the U.S. Supreme Court or potentially up at the U.S. Supreme Court. You've spent a lot of time with the justices up there. Uh, you know, I mean, and so, and, and this is the second pick, if you will, a, a second a chance, a second person for Trump to put on the court. You know, the history shows us, I believe it was Kagan that was nominated in election year, and that was someone that was approved um, by the Senate, I think, before the November election. So the timing of this and, and the potential for him to be confirmed by the November elections is not anything new. No, no, this, this is normal. Uh, and again, I think it's, I think it's, there's no question Um you know, he's going to end up being, uh, uh, you know, on the Supreme Court. And I think by the beginning of October, which is the first Monday in October is when the court starts its session every year. And I think we're going to see him on there by then. This usually takes 60 days, uh, maybe 65. And uh, Chairman Grassley has already announced that this is going to get done. They're moving through. And uh, so I, I think this is going to move through. And by October, we're going to have a new justice. Well, I'm looking back just to some history the Senate confirmed Elena Kagan and Obama appointee in August, uh, August 5th. I think that's almost today's date of 2010. And so uh, she was nominated a little bit earlier in May, May 10th of 2010, and then confirmed by the U.S. Senate on August 5th. So what are we talking about? Um, a span of three months there, not not a lot of time. And so to, to your point about the timing you know, we, we shouldn't see anything different. That doesn't mean people won't try to delay the process and, and do what they think they have to do from their perspective and, and their position. But, uh, you know, because we saw some talk about that early on and the timing of things, and that certainly does matter. And, you know, for some people, it wouldn't matter who Trump nominated. They would be out there opposing him or her, whoever the nominee would be or, or whoever Trump might appoint. But I do think this one is very interesting because now you've got someone who Kennedy, who is considered a swing vote, did, you know, was a part of some opinions recently that you and I cared about. The one on the, the Masterpiece Cake Baker case and also the case out of uh, California regarding pro-life speech and trying to force pro-life centers to uh, the government, trying to force them to put out a message that supports abortion. I know those are two issues that you care about that First Liberty Institute, I believe, was involved in. And so... You know, but that was before Kavanaugh. I mean, so you think about now someone like Kavanaugh replacing Kennedy. Um, I think we're going to continue to see people that are, you know, their concern is that you might actually have justices now that apply the law the way it should be. No, that's exactly right. They, they definitely are very concerned because you had a court that was uh, clearly, uh, you know, moving. Uh, you had four liberals, four conservatives, and you had Kennedy. And Kennedy would go back and forth. And uh, it wouldn't be. 
uh, a person who really uh, sort of restrained himself uh, to the words of the Constitution. He felt more like the Constitution was a little more of a living, breathing document, and he had to look at kind of where culture was going. And uh, that is not Kavanaugh. Uh, Kavanaugh does not believe in that approach. He believes that the, the job of a justice or of a judge is not to sort of find out where the public is going or do anything more political. It's simply to say, what is the original meaning? What, what does this text say? What, what did the, the, write, the authors mean when they wrote this? And what, what is the original understanding? And if there needs to be change, people need to change it. But judges don't change it. That's up to the people. So I think what we're going to see with Kavanaugh on the court is a really the court has become so politicized and so sort of the focus of power. I think we're going to begin to see that, you know, sort of lesson. And power is going to be pushed back to the people because if it's not in the Constitution, if it's not in the statute, then it, it's, it's not something that judges at the Supreme Court should even be talking about. And I think that's what, under a Kavanaugh and now five more conservative justices on the court, I think they're going to say, this isn't in the Constitution, this is up to people. And, and I think we're going to see that move. And I think we're going to see probably another justice in the future as well under this president. And so I, I think we can begin to look at the court as not taking all these issues off the plate that are really democratic issues that should be debated, discussed, and decided in our legislatures by the people. I think this is going to be great for the country. And uh, you still got you got to get your issue. Don't you can't depend depend upon the Supreme Court to do your issues for you. Well, speaking of issues that matter before the U.S. Supreme Court. Let's talk about religious liberty. It was announced this week by Attorney General Jeff Sessions, a religious liberty task force. You were on Fox News talking about this issue. We have a link up on our Facebook page if people want to see the video of Kelly. He's got a sharp-looking tie on, looks, (laughs) I I mean, you know, looks authoritative and and an expert. And it's not, I mean, it's not that you just look that way. We know you are, but very great appearance on Fox News. I'm just giving you a little bit of credit there and uh, encouragement and, uh, and and celebrating your role there and, and thanking you for what you do. But you were talking about this Religious Liberty Task Force. Tell our listeners a little bit what happened this week with Attorney General Jeff Sessions and what this means for religious liberty. It's really, it's really historic. It's never happened before. And so let me step back, Jonathan. Where did this start? Well, the president ran on issues of religious freedom. And people elected him. And so he followed through with that by passing an executive order on religious freedom. What did he do in the executive order? One of the things in the executive order was telling the attorney general to come up with guidelines on religious freedom that could be sent to all of the federal agencies and all the federal government officials to ensure that they were respecting religious liberty, they were protecting religious liberty, that they were doing that as officers of you know, not only our country, but of the Constitution. And uh, Attorney General Sessions issued some incredibly, I mean, just excellent uh, religious liberty guidelines. Those came out in October, and uh, strongest we've ever seen. But, but that's not everything, because you still have to implement these. And so a lot of the agencies and departments were doing that. But, for instance, we're having cases in the military. It's obvious that Mattis, you know, uh, General Mattis didn't get the memo on religious freedom in the military. And we're having case after case that we're having to fight. And so what they did uh, this week, and I was in the front row for the announcement, 
Um, the Attorney General announced a Religious Liberty Task Force. These are the top lawyers at the Justice Department that they pulled together, a special team that is going to be responsible, number one, for making sure that these religious freedoms are actually implemented throughout our federal government. And secondly, they're going to be a place where people can call, can alert them if there are problems, as well as sort of leading intellectual defenders of religious freedom in our Constitution. Again, we have never done this with Justice Department lawyers where we've had a, a team committed to religious freedom like this. Add that to the guidelines and the Constitution. And I mean, this is really historic. It's unheard of. And it's a great thing for our country. Well, I couldn't agree more. We're talking with First Liberty Institute CEO Kelly Shackelford. He is an expert when it comes to religious liberty. I I could spend the whole show talking about all the awards he's gotten for his legal work on religious liberty, defending people free of charge. Uh, just in just about every case, it's the government trying to restrict the religious free speech rights of an individual, of a church, uh, of different entities. Look, Kelly, y'all have done a lot of work um, when it comes to the military. You brought up General Mattis uh, about defending chaplains. You've done some work. Look, we're rolling up on football season with Coach Kennedy and others where people just want to, you know, really use their own private time in order to, um, to reflect their views and their beliefs regarding Christianity. This Religious Liberty Task Force is something I think has been needed for a long time, and it's something I'm also encouraged by. And when you have people at the Justice Department and the federal government that get it, um, it can make a huge difference on how these cases turn out. I would think you agree. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's going to make a huge—I mean, think of how large the federal government is, how, how impactful it is in pretty much every area of life. To have the federal government now on notice that they will protect and actually respect and and accommodate religious freedom across the country makes a huge difference. And again, I mean, sometimes people need concrete examples. I mean, the chaplain we're representing right now, Chaplain Squires, who uh, is 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 being attacked for being a good chaplain. Um, you know, I mean, what, what they've done is they've essentially said uh, they're going to treat, uh, they're going to uh, accuse him of dereliction of duty and really end his career. This is a guy with a bronze star with uh, five times awarded the Meritorious Service Award. So what did he do wrong? Well, he's, he's a Baptist pastor, and the Army regulations require you to follow the beliefs of your denomination in order to be a chaplain. And he... It, well, of course, they say you can't counsel or support same-sex marriage. And so what do the Army regulations say? They say when you're approached by somebody, you should refer them, to, if it's a same-sex couple, to another chaplain who doesn't have those restrictions. So this chaplain was doing a marriage conference. Women came and said, we'd like to be a part. And he said, oh, I'm really sorry, but my denomination, my beliefs don't allow that. But I'm happy to get you in uh, with another chaplain who can take care of that. He did that, um, but they still complain, and now they're saying dereliction of duty and trying to destroy his entire military career. That's the rulings right now in the military against this chaplain for being a chaplain, following his faith, and following Army regulations. That's the kind of thing that should not happen in this country, and hopefully with this Religious Liberty Task Force, 
we're going to see less and less of that. Well, and look, these issues regarding, I mean, look, having chaplains in the military, you know, we're going back decades uh, of history, if not hundreds of years. And and so it's nothing new to have chaplains in the military, to have chaplains um, that are a part of some government entity, if you will. There's tons of history there. The difference is now we have these new issues, if you will, regarding sexuality. And you have folks on the other side, they all they want the rules to be changed. They want to say, well, actually, those things shouldn't apply anymore. The First Amendment, all these cases, all that should be ignored. We saw that under the Obama administration because of these new issues on sexuality. I mean, these principles exist regardless of what issue comes forward. And so yes. I think that's what we're seeing, this intersection and in the Masterpiece Cake Baker's case uh, with the, the Christian bake, Cake Baker uh, and owner Jack Phillips was a key moment. That was a victory for religious liberty, even though that issue, um, we're, we're not, you know, there's still work to do moving forward on that. But I do think that this is part of what we see is decades long of court cases of principle of a history of chaplains and other things related to the government where religious liberty has been accommodated. And all of a sudden, because of these new sexuality issues, we're supposed to say things are different. Your group is right there on the front line. Before we lose you, the website to learn more about the work that Kelly Shackelford and his team are involved in is firstliberty.org. Their home office here is in the great state of Texas. That's where so many great things come out of, as we know. Kelly, look, I know you got some other things to do today. We thank you for joining us on the Texas Values Report. We um, wish you the best, and, and we'll be praying for you and your team, and we'll look forward to spending time with you again. Oh, I thanks, Jonathan, for all you do and for what Texas Values does. And I would encourage people, if they want to support Chaplain Squires, that example I just gave, there is actually a way to do that on the First Liberty website, so they can go to firstliberty.org. Everybody needs to know about this case. This kind of stuff needs to stop in the military. What these guys are doing for us and gals and then for them to have to go through this, it shouldn't happen. So I think we could do that if we could unite as a country and really speak out loudly. I couldn't agree more. Kelly Shackelford, CEO, religious liberty expert, one of the finest lawyers across the country when it comes to the Constitution and Supreme Court law, has been our guest today. Thank you, Kelly. We look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Jonathan. We'll see you. Well, that's good stuff. Having, and I meant to say, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Isn't it funny you say that sometimes you're in the middle of the sentence and you're doing exactly what you're describing that you may do later. So uh, that's the joys of, of radio. Great to have Kelly on, though. I mean, look, th- these are issues that impact all of us. We're talking about things from the federal perspective, but what the U.S. Supreme Court does does impact the state of Texas. I mean, there's no question. I mean, there, you know, there's been cases that that have gone up to the U.S. Supreme Court from Texas recently. One was two years ago that we were involved in supporting. I was sitting in the Supreme Court chamber when the attorney general's office was arguing on behalf of a pro-life case, HB2, portions of it. Some of the law were not challenged um, at the U.S. Supreme Court level. And so it matters who's on the U.S. Supreme Court. It shouldn't matter that much, but it does. Whether we, I mean, in the sense that I don't, I think a lot of people feel like the Supreme Court has been allowed to have way too much power and sway and, and have really uh, gone beyond what their role is in, in the judiciary as, as one of our branches of government. But whatever the case may be, it's hard to deny that their role and who's on that court, it matters. Whether, whether we think it should operate one way or another, that's just the way where we are in our country. And so we're paying attention to that. We put a statement out on uh, Brett Kavanaugh when he was nominated to this position 
And, you know, generally our statement was of, uh, you know, it was in a positive way, if you will, was uh, us expressing, you know, our expectations were good things if he were to be confirmed. But we don't know what's going to happen. You got to see how that plays out. But from what we know, and, and certainly what Kelly Shackelford says on this issue means a lot to us. Uh, he is a, mem- a board member, but I mean, he's spent time with Judge Kavanaugh. He has worked in these areas of law. He's gone through the cases that Kavanaugh has been involved in to give us really good insight. And you can see that piece again at foxnews.com. If you just look for Kelly Shackelford's name, it was on July 9th. And so, but, um, you know, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens with the confirmation process. I think it's fair to expect that he will get confirmed and, um, and it won't be too far from now. Before we get close to the end of our time, I want to mention we've got a policy conference coming up on September 7th and 8th. That's here in the Austin area. If you're listening on the radio or wherever you're listening in the Central Texas area, uh, anywhere you're listening. Look, if you want to come from another part of the world to, to come over to our policy conference we, you know, we'd love to have you. Okay. September 7th and 8th, go to txvalues.org. Uh, ticket prices did go up. You, you missed the early bird pricing. Sorry. We kept the price a little bit lower. Now it's gone up, uh, but it hasn't gone up that much. Okay. I think that's $35 to come to the conference. That's a day and a half conference that includes lunch on Saturday. So it's, it's really a tremendous deal. I mean, you've got attorney general Ken Paxton is going to be speaking on Saturday. We've got uh, Justice Jimmy Blacklock, the newest Texas Supreme Court justice, Justice Eva Guzman. On the two of them are on a panel on Friday. I believe I'm going to be moderating that panel, and just a tremendous lineup uh, of people. Kelly Fedorik, who's a national lawyer, whose team was a part of this masterpiece cake baker case that won at the U.S. Supreme Court, and she's done a lot of other great things. She spent some time with her us here in Texas. You've got. Uh, several other speakers that are on there. Lois Colcourse, the author of the privacy bill from last Texas legislative session. And the list goes on. We've got pastors that are coming. We've got David B. Wright, who started the 40 Days for Life effort. Uh, I don't know how many churches and, and chapters are involved in that now, but just a lot of good stuff, a lot of great teaching. And we want to just educate people. Okay, Th- this is not a political event. This is an event to educate people on what's going on in religious freedom. What's going on on marriage and family? What's going on on the pro-life issue? Particularly as we head into the November elections and the legislative session, people are going to have a lot of questions on what are the issues and and what do they mean and how can I learn more about it if I want to talk about it, if I want to ask people about it. And look, it, yeah, is it the Texas Values Policy Conference? Sure. But I feel like this is one of the best events in the state of Texas this year. So look, your, your kids are going to be settled into school by then. It's September 7th and 8th. Um, you know, there's time to still time to get tickets. Um, I do believe we're going to sell out, so do not wait too long. So that's on Friday afternoon. And then on Saturday, there is a special dinner Friday night with Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. We're excited about him being our guest. So go to txvalues.org to get educated. Look, I I just want to talk to you for a second. Okay. You hear a lot that people will say, you know, what are you doing on this issue? And how can we learn more? And I'm not sure what to do. And I get it. You know, sometimes people throw up their hands. They just feel that they're powerless. And, but uh, look, I'm not trying to pick on anybody in particular here. Okay. The point I'm trying to make here is the opportunities to learn more about these issues are there. Okay. $35 when it comes to a day and a half conference, 
is not a whole lot, okay? And look, if you want a discount, um, there are some discount codes that we have. Email our office. We'll work with you if you're on a very limited budget. What I'm trying to get at here is the information and the opportunities are there if you want to learn more about what your rights are, about what's going on on these issues, and how you can stand up in your community or wherever you are in your own home and pass it on to people that you know, your children, whatever the case may be. This is an event for that ch- that kids can come to. Look, if you got young students, they want to learn more. If you want to bring your kids when you're there, that's fine. I mean, look, we are a family-friendly organization. Um, you are welcome. My point to you is that, you know, you're going to hear from people that are on the front lines doing this work. You're going to hear from Supreme Court justices. How many times do you get to sit in an audience and hear a Supreme Court justice talk about different issues that they're involved in or talk about the process? They're usually very, you know, kind of closed off in private, and rightly so. I mean, we want to protect them from getting influenced politically, if you will, um, on issues. We want them to just follow the law and apply it. My point is you're going to get up close and personal with them also people that it's hard to reach sometimes. A lot of times these people are headlining one event by themselves. We got them all together in one. I mean, I can't believe the lineup. It's just tremendous. Um, the people that are coming, we've got people from other states that are coming to speak on different issues that are in positions like mine. It's going to be fantastic. Go to txvalues.org and get your tickets today to the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. Okay, that's what they're calling. we're calling our policy conference. It's our first year to do it, so we want as many people there because we want to continue to do it, but we want to start with a bang. We want to show people, and I look, I wouldn't be surprised if there are protesters there because it is in, in Austin. You know how people can be. They want you to be afraid to learn more about these issues. We are not afraid, okay? Look, I sued the university where I went to law school when I was a student, okay? And I'm not saying that, you know, I, when that happened that, you know, I felt confident about the outcome. You know, I did have moments where things were a little stressful and I wasn't sure how things were going to go. But when push came to shove, and I shouldn't say it that way, when it all came down, I did stand up for what was right. And you can too, okay? And it does sometimes come with the, you know, you get a little concerned about what are people going to do and say, you know, they're going to be pushed back. I have to embrace all of that too. Don't get me wrong. But the key is what did you ultimately decide to do? I decided to push forward and stand up for what was right. Thankfully, we did win in that court case when I was at the University of Houston, standing up for the free speech rights of the pro-life group I was doing. People want you to be afraid just to come to events like these. You don't need to be afraid. Come to the event and get power by knowledge, okay? Get educated on the issues. Go to txvalues.org. We spent a lot of time putting together a great program. We want you to show up and benefit from it. That's just one of the most important things that we do as an organization. TXValues.org. Get your tickets today to the policy conference on September 7th and 8th. We're going to be talking about it for the next three weeks um, because we want to make sure everybody hears about it, particularly in our listening audience in Central Texas, where it's a little bit easier for you to drive to. So, look, check back next week. We're here every week on uh, Saturday noon on the bridge. You can listen to us online anytime. We're going to archive these on our website at txvalues.org, where you will hear more about faith, family, and freedom in Texas.